Hello and welcome to Yudcast, episode 85. This is Head of School Dan Glass with you once again, recording live in the Sound Lab here at the Brandeis School of San Francisco. It is good to be with you on a beautiful wintry Thursday morning here in the city of San Francisco. We're going to start today with a poem as we start almost every day with a poem here on the Yudcast. Um, uh, I have begun um, a, uh, a mindfulness practice in my life in the last uh, couple of months um, that uh, in, involves um, taking some time each morning to do some breathing exercises um, and, and doing a little bit of writing each morning. But it, it begins, um, the first thing I do is, is get a cup of coffee and um, sit and read a poem, and I had been making my way through a book of uh, Philip Levine's called Breath. I read a, a poem of his here on the Yudcast that was really, really beautiful, and I made my way through that whole book. He's a he's a really um, Levine is a um, a remarkable observer uh, of the human condition, and um, he he I think really beautifully captures something about um, the. Uh, post-war um, uh, sort of rusting of the rust belt um, in the um, American uh, experience, I would say American male experience, particularly um, uh, for whatever that gender designation is worth. Um, anyway, and uh, got my got my way through that book and, and was um, excited to, to move on to a, a next book for my morning. Uh, reading rituals, and I picked up um, the collected poems of Robert Creeley, uh, which is a, a huge tome, and I've I've sort of hunted and pecked and and even read uh, with with a lot of intention and directionality certain sections of that book over the years, but um, decided that uh, I would it would be my next um, uh, my next part of these uh, morning rituals and routines and. Um, uh, read a really beautiful little poem of of his this morning to start my day, um, uh, and thought I would read um, a really beautiful different poem of his um, called "The Answer." Um, it's a, a, a poem from the, I, th- I think it was the mid '60s or so, um, and like most Creeley poems, is uh, is brief and profound. So here it goes. Will we speak to each other, making the grass bend as if a wind were before us? Will our way be as graceful, as substantial as the movement of something moving so gently? We break things into pieces like walls we break ourselves into, hearing them fall just to hear it. That last stanza, I'm just going to read it one more time. I I think the sounds of it are fascinating. We break things into pieces like walls. We break ourselves into hearing them fall just to hear it. Some uh, very off-kilter internal rhymes in those uh, three lines there. Um, Anyway, Creeley is a a poet that um, I just highly recommend to all of you. I think he's somebody who is... Uh, fairly accessible. He obviously got a, a great deal of recognition in his time. I've shared about Robert Creeley before because in I think in the f- 
first season of the Yudcast, Once Upon a Time, it also happened to be the year of his passing. Um, and so uh, spent a day um, where we started with uh, one of his pieces. But um, Creeley is, has been a great inspiration to me in my life in his ability to, to really crystallize and capture um, the, um, the experience of um, romantic love and domestic life, their interrelationships, but also how um, those experiences of really loving someone, of really living with someone, of raising children, all of these things, um, how they open out so quickly if you're attentive to it um, into, you know, the, the biggest questions uh, of um, human experience and, and, and uh, existence. So um, I really recommend uh, his work to any of you who have not read it before. He is also just a really beautiful uh, love poet. You know, um, and and that's certainly a um, an entry point into poetry for for many people. Um, so, actually, what I wanted to share today, though, was not really about domestic life, particularly um, or romantic love. I I um, woke this morning thinking about um, the Maimonides line that I have shared many times here at Brandeis um, from the Mishnah Torah which is uh, the 12th century treatise on Jewish law that Maimonides wrote. Um, and there, there's a, um, a line in there from a section uh, of it that's a, it's a chapter on um, laws related to Torah study. Um, and he wrote that, quote, the teacher should not sit on a chair while the students sit on the ground. Rather, either everyone should sit on the ground or everyone should sit on chairs. I've referred to it over the years because I think it's a really beautiful example of um, how Jewish education uh, can be seen to be rooted um, in a, a more student-centered, uh, democratic approach to the classroom. Um, in context, the quote refers to the legibility of teaching, um, in making sure everyone in the room can see and hear one another. In my reading, it also speaks to the deep mutual respect that is at the core of the teacher-student relationship where both parties have knowledge to share and gain. When we wrote in our strategic plan, Brandeis 2023, that, quote, student-centered inquiry-based and real-world learning is the future, we knew that in every one of those instances and in a variety of ways, each is deeply rooted in the traditions and, as we see here, even the laws of Jewish education. I've been thinking earlier this week about Maimonides' approach to classroom setup um, just as I was making my way around the school. We have this lovely tradition here at Brandeis of the morning meeting. Um, it's really the, the ritual that most uh, substantially grounds the student experience every day. Um, and in the entire K-8 school, the day begins each day either in a classroom-based morning meeting or an advisory-based morning meeting in the middle school. Um, and for those first few minutes of the day, um, you'll see lower school students sitting together uh, with their teachers in a circle on the rug, uh, greeting one another by name and getting centered in themselves in their day. In the middle school classrooms, students and teachers have often migrated to chairs and couches and are sitting uh, together, but it's still 
folks sitting around together and that's that clarity and connection in the morning rituals remain and it is also a place where students and teachers are um, very intentionally um, in on the same plane um, and I think that quote also suggests uh, and, and even just that approach to the classroom also suggests a kind of agency on the part of students by insisting that students sit at eye level with their teachers, Maimonides suggests that they have ideas to contribute, not only to receive. This connects, in my mind, to the great Brazilian philosopher of education, Paulo Freire. Uh, um, he, Paulo Freire is the subject of my father's dissertation. Uh, my father is also a philosopher of education. Um, and uh, Freire had uh, an idea that he wrote about called the banking concept of education, which basically sees students as empty vessels limited in their agency and capacity for creativity and critical thinking. And that's the, the work of the teacher to fill up those empty vessels that are sort of static there in the classroom with knowledge and information that is held entirely by the teacher. So it's, um, it's not a, uh, a, um, uh, a back and forth. And this was what was wrong with um, tr the traditional models of education from Freire's perspective. Um, and it's, it's very much, uh, it runs counter to the classroom as described uh, way back in the 12th century by Maimonides, right? Um, uh, in contrast, Freire argued that students of any age come into a classroom with a great deal of knowledge and creative capacity to share. And the teacher and class should honor those interests and truths in order to most effectively connect. Um, and I have to say, I suspect that both Paulo Freire and Maimonides would have set up their classrooms similarly. I think both would enjoy their days with our kids here at Brandeis too, um, for all the ways that um, we do really seek to uh, empower our students and give them uh, agency and voice in their education. One quick example of that from this week, um, the, a group of middle school students proposed an exciting new project, although uh, it's top secret still, so I can't share any details about it here on the Yudcast, but um, this was something that is, you know, doesn't currently exist here at the school and something that the kids want to do, and it was um, really gratifying to me to see that the response to those kids was not like, well, we don't do that or that isn't how it works here, but rather the, um, the teachers and leadership responded with supportive questions. What will you need to be successful? How do you imagine this unfolding? How might we help you in making it happen? I saw, uh, I saw the adults here responding in both in person and over email to this group of students with excitement and enthusiasm. The pedagogical equivalent of getting down on the floor with them, setting out chairs for them, letting the students' curiosity and creativity guide the process. So you'll have to stay tuned for more information on this top secret project, but I would say in the meantime, um, I think uh, I would want to remind and encourage all of you to get down on the level with your students, uh, or with your children um, uh, and your students, if you happen to have students at any point. Um, and whatever that level is, if, you know, for your adolescence, that level might be, you know, slumped on the floor or, you know, scrunched on one end of the couch. But um, sit down with them, lay down with them, 
uh, get eye to eye, um, and uh, you, in doing so, um, you're affirming their humanity, and that's really important. And you're also, uh, as it happens, following a millennium of Jewish law, which is pretty cool. So uh, with that, I will wish you all shared uh, weekends full of shared thinking, my friends. Shabbat Shalom to any of you listening on Shabbat. We'll be back next week with the last Yudcast of uh, the 2018 calendar year. It will be episode 86, and it is my hope and intention that on that Yudcast I will be sharing my um, best of uh, media list for uh, 2018. The, um, the songs, the movies, the books uh, that most made an impression on me this year. Uh, I'll look forward to uh, being back with you all then. Thanks.